Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. I think that was like perfect. <laughs> How did that? I timed it perfectly. It didn't, it was at the right volume. I'm now nervous that the rest of the show is going to go downhill. You've, you've jinxed us. It's <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Oh, dear. Well, but today I've, we have our, our favorite topic. Our favorite? Which? The uh, complaining about Apple, Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. Complaining about <laughs> Apple TV. Yeah. Except we actually get to celebrate. So let's uh, let's quickly get through as a matter of just covering all the bases here. Console Corner. I just wanted to throw in that I've actually really been enjoying. I, I'm in isolation or quarantine or whatever we call it right now with my daughter who had a close contact in her school. So two weeks isolating in our house. We kind of cordoned off the basement and my office kind of works out. Um, it's actually fairly easy to do other than when it's like supper time or whatever. It's a little annoying. But um, much thanks to my wife who's been doing a lot of the heavier lifting, obviously, because I can't get into the kitchen. <laughs> conveniently enough um but anyways so evenings are like me spent in the basement her upstairs both of us sort of doing different uh live or not live streaming different uh, streaming activities or games or whatever and so i've been enjoying just some chill Fortnite vibe and the uh someone asked me on twitter about how it's been going or, or something and i said that it actually for me Fortnite became a lot more fun not surprisingly but also got better at it when i kind of relaxed and just sat mm. and enjoyed it rather than like freaking out every i freak out still like last night or the other night i had a down it was down to three people and you can feel my heart racing a little bit like it's a little more intense then but the rest of the game is kind of like you die you start over again you get to fly into the island and just have a bit of fun with it and it's it's been a, kind of a nice uh, chill game to play in solo matches because then i'm not letting my team down and uh i can just wander around as, as i see fit so that's right. my little play, bit of playing the game for fun and not not just the the competition aspect yeah i'm not worrying about if i'm like dying right away because some 12 year old who's been playing for 16 hours today alone <laughs> quickly sniping <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think you have much chance against the uh the uh the the 10,000 hour player or whatever no no exactly the matchmaking has gotten really a lot better if, if anybody out there ever tried and was like overwhelmed with how bad they were doing i don't think i've gotten that much better i think the matchmaking has gotten a lot better so i'm paired with people on par now rather than like which makes the game way more fun obviously and it's such a simple mechanic of spending time in matchmaking code obviously for them where they don't actually have to improve the game all that much although it has gotten better and it's still a beautiful fun game to look at but um anyways over into pc corner you're you tried mass effect or you're you're wanting to try no it? just just uh uh enjoying vicariously uh, as a lot of my my friends who were big fans of the original release are are digging into legendary edition uh, and posting about it um i had played you know kind of maybe like the first half or so of mass effect the first one on steam um, but just never ended up finishing it. Um, not that it didn't grab me. I just think I was playing other games. It might've been still when I was playing a lot of uh, Warcraft or, or just got busy with life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks like quite the impressive remaster, you know, that it's running on a completely new engine and updated graphics. I've seen a few people say the, the remaster graphics look a little weird, but the story is what everyone loved. And, you know, some people are playing it through with different choices because it's that style of Bioware RPG. Um, it's, you know, it's tempting, but yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a platform I can play it on. Um, and I doubt the, the 4k version is coming to switch, right? 
No, definitely not anytime soon though. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe switch pro that every like month and a half or so I see, I see someone like on trending on Twitter is like switch pro switch pro or whatever. And like, I mean, eventually I'm sure they'll do something, but um, probably not in time to enjoy mass yeah. effect legendary edition. Anyways. I, I don't think Nintendo has to do something right. I mean, yeah. where they, where they are in the, in the console space. It is a weird, um, so yeah, like, so it, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just say just just been enjoying um, you know seeing other people really enjoy a, a favorite game uh, when it when it comes back in remastered form. And you're are you watching Twitch streams and stuff, or just like hearing about like talking with them about it or whatever? Uh, mostly just kind of seeing people talk about it, post uh, post their their memes uh, and screenshots of of you know their their game progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. I, I that's a series I never played, but uh, yeah. It's it's hard not to get sucked into wanting to play them you know, just based on the conversations going on around them. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's got that kind of epic sci-fi story that that appeals to me. I think I think really the only Bioware game I've played all the way through was um, the original Knights of the Old Republic, mm. and I and I had the Mac port of that. Yeah, I played uh, Knights of the Old Republic. That's a there was one on Xbox Game Pass. I know I saw that. It's just like the there's again a reoccurring theme besides complaining about Apple is me complaining about the so many choices to of what to play <laughs> Dude, just too many games there's too, too much entertainment it's the worst uh, i can't wait for i can't actually the stress of it in, in the in the very first world sense of the term stress of uh, our game pass xbox game pass expiring when that happens i think in a month or something like that is actually going to be i'm kind of looking forward to it because i pull up the the xbox gate or pro app uh pull up the xbox console and and just see like here's what's been added to a game pass. And there's like five new games, all of which I would like to play at some point. And it's like, Oh my goodness, when am I ever going to? And I know I can't. So I just hit Fortnite. <laughs> um, but anyways, moving on to more places to play games that uh, besides that and, and other things are much anticipated and, or complained about Apple TV hardware, 4k hardware, which was announced a little while ago. They shipped here a little earlier than they were, they were talking about it shipping anyways, it seemed to be so Good, good on them for getting it out and over promising and no under promising and over delivering. Yeah. Yes. So we both got, got them on Friday, Saturday rates. Yours came over the weekend. Uh, yeah, I think you, you got yours Friday morning. Mine arrived Friday evening. Um, we actually, we, we were in the middle of movie night when, when the UPS uh, <laughs> drop came by and we, we paused Coco and grabbed it and wired it up and logged into Disney plus and resumed where we left off. Uh, <laughs> That's some hardcore to, 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 to just really, you know, get, get the brand new uh, experience. We did not take any unboxing videos. I think you included a, a photo of your, uh, yours in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't, did you like, you stopped the family? You're like, we're doing this for the, for the podcast. We have to review. <laughs> I, I actually, I think my, my wife was more excited about no, just, uh, getting it all set up. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, she's probably our, yeah, I play more games, but she probably streams more, uh, content, especially just like, you know, in our kind of evening entertainment hours. Right. Um, so I think she, she'll be a primary user for sure. And what were you just for context, I guess, for what were you upgrading from again or changing from or whatever? So we had, we had a, um, a fire stick 4k, um, hmm. which had replaced a previous fire stick that just died. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, 
the Fire Stick 4K, I, I mean, we were getting 4K content. It, it's not the UHD features of the Apple TV, but um, we were finding the the software would be a little bit, um, I think it was just a little, it's underpowered. I mean, you're, you're getting what you pay for, for sure, mm-hmm. um, with, with, um, with a streaming stick as opposed to a streaming box. Now, <laughs> with Apple TV, uh, there's certainly a question of whether you're getting enough of what you're paying for <laughs> at, at that different price point, um, which I think... Uh, yeah, we 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 both read Joe Rosenstiel's review. He's a a uh, a longtime Twitter and podcast ranter on the on the Apple TV uh, platform, and he has a really good review of the new model mm-hmm. um, that's linked in the show notes. Yeah, let's talk about the the price just first of all in yeah. relation to like both of us were obviously we we're buying it sh- short of them jacking up the price. We were okay with it being a two hundred and some dollar and change device, knowing that it was probably overpriced relative to, well, it is overpriced relative to other similar devices in the market by a factor of like 2X, maybe even like a, a hundred and some dollar Apple TV box probably would be like, everyone would buy the one versus 200 and some dollars. It's like, ugh, I'm spending too much for this thing, but I, yeah. I know I like the Apple experience. Is that how you're I mean, feeling? I mean, yeah, kind of. I, I think it's the ecosystem advantages. You know, certainly having Apple Arcade on the TV uh, was appealing. Um, I haven't tried the fitness features yet, but you know, I, I mentioned a few episodes ago how I was doing this kind of weird setup with the family iPad and my watch and and everything. And so it'll be nice to have that, you know, on the TV. Um, yeah, I'll have to try that out before our next episode. Um, yeah, I think I think it's the ecosystem features are the are the main appeal. Um, and then yeah, like I said, the uh, it it feels like we're getting a little bit better uh, image quality and consistency, and and in fact, even with our with our stick, so um, it's plugged into the same HDMI port. I don't know if the issue was our cable, or I guess there was no cable with the stick because it goes it goes straight right into in. the TV. Yeah, we were having occasional audio cutouts, just randomly, like little little dropped audio, and I haven't noticed that on the same HDMI port on the TV, which makes me think it was something wrong with the. Um, with the device and not and not the not the tv port so we'll keep an eye on that as well in terms of the actual setup let's talk just a bit about that the and we'll get to the remote too in a bit here but the setting up the apple tv i guess again it's hard to compare because neither of us had a previous device i know from using an apple tv uh the previous 4k one with my parents it's very similar setup experience i don't think it's all that different in terms of just getting it up out of the box, the the additional thing that I noticed was the um, the ability to like for HDMI cable and port checking, kind of like what you were referring to. But it mm-hmm. it was a pretty sweet setup to like look asking me to check for HDR support and just the initial setup of of the device that way felt very smart and and taking care of a lot of things that I didn't have to worry about necessarily. Um, the one thing that doesn't work at least in Canada here is the, like the initial setup of using a TV provider, single login, let's say, which we do have support for that, like all the various apps you can log in with your TV provider, but Apple doesn't seem to have a way to connect to all of those. So you can just do it at once. I, I remember hearing about that in the from some reviewers, how it was nice, how you could just log in once and it would just put your uh, user and password or whatever for all of them all at once. So I had to go through, go through manually, like configuring them each one at a time using a little keyboard. But um, once that was done, it was, it was done. So how was your initial setup? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. So the yeah the initial setup. Uh, so we we made my wife the primary user. Um, so it went through you know her Apple ID uh, and phone, and most of the setup was was through her phone. Um, I don't remember seeing a prompt for TV provider, but we don't currently 
have a TV service. We we just are our internet only um, cord cutters, I guess. Um, and then a, a little bit later, I added my user to the TV, and so that was pretty easy. Um, you you hold down the TV button, and and a little user popover comes up, and you can add a user there or in uh, settings. And uh, then I went through the the setup on my phone to just you know get my uh, Apple ID and Game Center sorted. Um, the logging into individual apps we still had to do, and each of them kind of do it a different way, right? Like the Disney Plus app will talk to another Disney Plus app on your local network. I think the YouTube app tries to do something similar. The Hulu app wants to do a code, you know, at like hulu.com slash activate. So they all have their different processes, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it was pretty quick to get all of our streaming stuff reconnected. Um, and, and, you know, like we, like you had alluded to, we did not have a previous TVOS device to migrate from. We had, I think I had mentioned a while back, we had had a pre TVOS Apple TV way back. And that would have been the era where, you know, you just kind of like logged into your iTunes account and there were some, Apple approved apps on there, but not no app store. Uh, and, and we had used that in the past, but that, that setup experience was more just kind of like log in once and, and then go through, go through the setup. Um, So I don't know if there's a migration story. I think, uh, Joe's review digs into that a little bit because he had a previous device. Yeah. It seems, and it seems to be like a fairly well done review or, um, not his review is well done, but the, the setup process definitely seems to be pretty slick if you have a previous device and or multiple devices in your home, as far as syncing them, there's a few hiccups there, I think too, but just being able to have your, the same kind of app logout or app layout screen, uh, once you have your apps installed and keeping them in sync across multiple TVs, which Apple TVs, which is kind of nice that they do that. The one funny thing, little quirk that just was like a random timing thing, I think that happened where, when we, when I turned on the Apple TV, assigned it to my account, then instantly it put, it was the first device in my home that was a, I forget what Apple calls it, like a home, Apple home, um, home center, home kit, like, yeah, but like the, the first sort of main, we have home kit devices, but the first, uh, home base, I guess, or whatever for that. And so instantly it put all the devices that were in my home in a home kit into the home and then made them inaccessible to anyone else in the home until I added them to our home in Apple. Home. Oh, and so at that exact moment, late that evening, anyways, my, because we're quarantined, my wife was upstairs trying to get, uh, the Sonos speaker we have, which is part of the home kit home, uh, to play from her computer. Cause they were watching a movie upstairs cause they don't have the TV anymore. Um, and it wouldn't let her use it because she didn't have permission to access our Sonos speaker that she's been using just fine for the last year and a half or whatever we've had it. So I had to go in and add her or change the security setting anyways in HomeKit to allow other people on my network to use these devices that we were just using that day. <laughs> so it's just a funny little quirk. Interesting. Yeah, it I mean it makes sense to to be secure by default but that they would automatically migrate you to fewer users when you already had those users configured in in the home app. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, it was a, just a funny random happenstance of things that I probably would have like later that day or the next day, I would probably would have been playing with the home app anyways, just, you know, messing around with the new settings or whatever and realized, okay, I need to add, allow people to stream to this device, et cetera. But, uh, just happened to be, you know, while the pizza's getting cold yeah. and whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I haven't looked into any, uh, we don't have any thread devices or, or home kit devices, uh, right now. I haven't really looked into any, I did, I did look at, there was a little like, temperature weather mini sensor mm-hmm. that's uses thread 
um, that I was looking at, oh, maybe I would put that up on the, on the roof tech. But at the same time, I could just walk up there and see how it feels <laughs> to see if it's time to, to be outside. Right. Or any number um, of weather but, apps that you have <laughs> on your, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, although I will say weather, weather apps are, are not terribly reliable in Seattle because we have such uh, hyper local, Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's rain true. effects. Uh, just because the the way the the hills and water work, but um, most of the time it's especially with the sort of dark sky powered stuff. It 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 seems to be pretty accurate. Yeah, but yeah. I think that would be a tempting home one, or or if I could somehow set up a, a Z wave bridge for the one the one power shade that is on the high window. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I could see running that through the through the Apple TV. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I'm not all in on on home automation. Yeah, it's going to all get messy again and then settle out again. I think this is sort of where we're headed with the threading thing and some devices are going to get left behind. And yeah, yeah, I don't want to be buying stuff that's just hopefully will work. But yeah, you don't want to have to replace that next year or something. One random thing just with HDMI, of course, you, you mentioned ever since I've plugged in the Apple TV, the um, and I have switched around some HDMI ports because on my TV, just HDMI two and three are the ones that support HDR, I think, and a few other features. Um, and so the switch went to HDMI one because it doesn't have any sort of fancy graphics. <laughs> and so Xbox mm-hmm. and Apple TV are on HDMI two and three. But anyway, so ever since then, my TV has been randomly rebooting and restarting itself, like maybe once a day kind of thing. And obviously it's most frustrating if it happens as you're about to sit down and watch a movie or hockey game or something like that. Um, and so I don't know whether that's cable related or the apple tv specifically or just because i restarted a few things and um yeah so we'll we'll see if how that plays out i don't think it's tied to the apple tv itself necessarily but um just something with my android tv that i'm trying to slowly disengage but <laughs> keeps interesting yeah I, so i have not done that yet but i i think i do need to like run one more firmware update and then turn the wi-fi on the tv off um i had had it on because the TV we have supports AirPlay 2, and we've used that a few times. But now that we have the uh, Apple TV itself, I'd, I'd rather AirPlay via that. Have you tried, uh, I noticed you mentioned AirPods in your notes here. Have you tried connecting the AirPods to just watching TV with the Apple TV yet? I have not. Yeah, so, I, so there's a couple, a couple of things I need to try. Uh, so it's AirPods, uh, fitness, um, some airplay stuff. What I, what I noticed was I was using my AirPods on my phone. And when I was checking that they were connected, you know, I can see like our speaker, my AirPods, uh, and then our airplay TV. And then now I can see the Apple TV, but it, under that, it was actually telling me the, um, the TV show that my wife was streaming <laughs> at the time on the Apple TV. Yeah. So, you know, that because airplay, I guess, as a protocol tells you, what's currently playing. So that was kind of funny yeah. <laughs> um, that, that I could, I could see that, you know, being in a different part of the house. Um, that would actually come in handy right now. Cause both my wife and I are finding as we're quarantined and separated, you know, sleeping in the same house, but in different rooms, how much we rely on each other to go to bed at the, at, a decent time and so we're like oh, 11 so o'clock some bad habits yeah <laughs> 11 o'clock we're both like good night yeah good night and i could see if i could see her like actually she's still watching strangers on netflix or whatever some murder show and she <laughs> could see that i'm still playing Fortnite or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> a little bit of more accountability is what we need she unfortunately has the because we have a security like a nest camera in our basement um and so she can actually turn that on and see hey you're actually not in bed you're, 
<laughs> you're still sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> so, but go, go to bed, Chris. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, the user, the one thing about the user switching and stuff, I know we'll get into the, some of the arcade things here as well, but um, with, I was, I'm disappointed, I guess, and I don't know what the fix is, but like my daughter, I set up an account for my daughter because we're sharing the Apple TV now because we're both in the basement and um, it doesn't really switch things. Like you still have to log in. If you go to, it's my account and she can just happily switch to that. No problem. There's no code to switch accounts. And then she can go into, she still has to go into like, if she goes to Netflix, she still has to choose her account. She's, if she goes to Disney plus, she still has to choose her account. Like it'd be really nice. I know it's probably like asking too much of all the devices and the software to connect this way, but like Lucy's account, my daughter's account to be tied to this Disney plus account to this Netflix account. So that it's more of a seamless experience of logging in. And even the, the photos app, which I set up, um, on my account, I thought, well, it is on my account, but I thought I'm, I'm adding my photos stream, um, photo iCloud photos to the Apple TV, to my account. But then she goes to her on her account and goes to photos and still my photo stream there. As far as what we've been playing with so far anyways, which felt a little disappointing, but then Apple music does switch. Like the user is her user account. There's no, my playlists aren't there. It's her playlist. Um, and so I've been showing her how to like switch to her user account when she plays, wants to just use the TV to play music, watch. It's kind of nice having like the lyrics for songs, usually as long as it depends what they're listening to. But, um, and there is parental controls for some of that anyways, where you can allow what different user accounts can do. Um, but it's not a, not definitely not the seamless experience that, um, even just on iOS to Mac where you have screen time and that kind of stuff is, is kind of like synced and users and stuff like that is done well. Um, the Apple TV experience is a little lacking in that regard. And there is, it feels like there's a lot more possibility for stumbling onto watching something that you don't really want them watching uh, versus, I mean, I guess, yeah, the internet is obviously what it is on a phone too, but <laughs> anyways, just. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's a good point. And I think it is kind of like, it's like an integration question, right? Because each of the different streaming platforms doesn't really have an incentive to tie into a particular device's account management system. I So I have noticed, I think it's in the TV app, Disney Plus is properly integrated. So like if I'm my user on TV, I see my recently played stuff in Disney Plus. Mm. I've noticed that on my phone too, because my phone, I, I'll get like the, uh, the Disney Plus app will send me a notification that the new episode is available and the Apple TV app will send me a notification <laughs> that a, a Disney Plus specific episode is available yeah. um, that I've been watching. Um, so there's, there's obviously some uh, streaming platforms can choose to integrate. If, if I, and if I remember right, I think like Netflix is completely not integrating. But I think most of the streaming platforms, because they want their common brand experience across all the platforms they're on, they basically just treat the app as like a, a container for the thing that Netflix looks like, whether it's on Xbox or the browser or um, TVOS or Fire Stick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want that that common experience. But then at the same time, that's where you get the really jarring stuff where like, you know, Microsoft Office apps look kind of the same between Windows and Mac, but then they don't look like a Mac app, right? Yeah. Um, so you you run into that, and I, I think Apple is trying to say like, hey, you know, the TV app is like the dashboard for everything, but then, you know, that means those individual streaming platforms can't push all of their their stuff onto you. Um, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we were frustrated the other day. Um, my wife, uh, does not like zombies. I'm not a big fan either, but like the Netflix, uh, splash screen, even after we thumbs it down, disliked it, whatever the verb is, um, keeps wanting to promote, uh, the army of the dead movie that just came out. And it's like, it's a, it's one of their big movies. It's like, so they're pushing it hard, but it's like the main banner and it auto plays the trailer. And it's like, no, we don't, we don't want zombies. Just give us a zombie (laughs) setting, no zombies. Right. Um, and I, I think that is actually, uh, going back to fire stick versus, um, Apple TV is we are looking forward to the sort of the home screen, having a little bit less content push, which is, you know, I, I think part of the Amazon Fire business model was there was more of a paid placement thing going on and new content was showing up. And we chose not to do a lockdown profile because it was too annoying to switch. Um, whereas the it seems like the Apple TV home screen is generally not going to have like a bunch of banners for like a pay-per-view boxing fight or a zombie movie or whatever. Um which is which is better for you know when when the seven year old pops into the living room when the TV's on. Yeah, yeah, they might eventually have like banners for upgrading your iCloud account or something. I could see Apple <laughs> slipping in some yes dumb marketing. Like, hey, the new iPhone's available. You have an iPhone twelve. Just just FYI or, or just a friendly reminder. I I would imagine you know if we did not have uh, like Apple Arcade or Apple One all enabled on our accounts already, I would imagine the new onboarding experience would be happy to let us know that, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we have the three months free trial available or whatever, uh, to, to yeah. goose those services numbers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one, um, odd thing. And, and uh, then let's dive into arcade just because it seems more applicable for a show called arcade here, 20% arcade, but, uh, the, the weird sort of disconnect of notifications too, where last night I was noticing because there was a, I watched the Winnipeg jets hockey team. They're in the playoffs, big series. And, it happened to go into overtime and then it went to double overtime and then it went to triple overtime. So a third over each time it went into overtime. It was about to go into overtime at the end of the third period. Notification came to my phone and on the Apple TV that I'm as I'm sitting there watching it on the Apple TV <laughs> in the app that it's gonna it's telling me I should go watch that the game is about to go into overtime. And then again, each time <laughs> the period would end. Yeah. Hey, you should go watch this. And it's like it just feels really jarring sometimes that this really super smart algorithmic driven thing is completely unaware that I'm sitting there watching on the device. And even if like, I don't really want this kind of like connection, but like in the, in a sort of like the, it kind of gives me hope, I guess, for the, it's not as um, mind control. They're not watching me as much as I think they are kind of idea because they're that unaware. Even like the phone is not listening to me watching hockey (laughs) or whatever, uh, as I'm using the phone to tweet out dumb things about the hockey game or whatever. Um, And so there's a bit of hope in that sense, I guess, but also it feels really dumb that I'm like watching the Sportsnet app hockey game that the Apple TV is telling me I should go watch. And I don't understand where that is happening or why. It feels like that's where Apple's trying to be a little too smart about what's going on. Like, hey, we know you like hockey and you said you like the Jets. So go watch this and we're not going to worry about or, or Sportsnet isn't letting us know what you're watching maybe as the other way. Uh, how that might be working, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, I think, you know, you can kind of see all the pieces are there, like there's handoff, uh, you know, across devices, but the apps have to support it. There's, there's context of what are you watching, but that would have to be sending some signal somewhere, um, to, to, to cross-reference all those decisions. And there's probably, I mean, I can imagine there's a lot of different, uh, 
you know, business factors as well, right? Like sending you that push notification is like marketing signs off and says, Hey, any, anytime someone's interested in this like broad category, we'll send them a notification, but that's not hooked up to the live tracking of where did you leave off in some stream and, and, yeah. you know, in, integrating all those things. I mean, like you said, it is probably a, uh, a, a privacy nightmare, but it it would be an engineering challenge too. I would imagine just getting all of those systems to to talk to each other at the same time. I think we've seen that before, where you know some some Apple features kind of roll out unevenly across devices. You know, like you know the new iPad will get something, and everyone's kind of like, "Huh, I wonder why that isn't on the phone yet." And then it'll come like later. Yeah. Um, and I think you can see a lot of that is is just it's really hard to for a company as big as Apple with as many platforms and services to nail everything being ready everywhere all for the big announcement on one one day and so 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 things end up being being staggered yeah um, but i mean there's already some updates coming i think you noted yeah the tvos 14.6 is out which uh over the weekend here and was the i mean there's nothing new for us right now where in terms of actual usability but spatial audio lossless audio support is kind of it's laid the groundwork for that so that eventually if you uh, have you tried that yet with i have i just got airpods pro as a gift here and um so i tried it with my phone watching i think this was after our last recording but watching uh, i was watching mythic quest on apple tv and with the spatial audio thing i think this is the right i'm connecting the right terminology and features but basically as i turn my head away from my phone it kind of like the audio still centers as if it's coming from my phone, even if I turn my head to the left or the right, like the voices, um, it's kind of like a stereo-ish surround sound effect, but it, just in my two headphones and just related to my phone specifically, like the hardware of my phone, it's not like as the people in the show, there's still the left, right, you know, surround or whatever of whatever the audio sound designer in the show did, but then the Apple phone right. hardware kind of adds on to that and says, Hey, you're looking to the left and your phone's to the right. Well, let's make it feel like the phone is still over there to your right now. And then when you turn your head back, it looks sort of comes at you center. And it's kind of this weird, like it's really cool, but I also don't understand. It's totally, it doesn't totally gr- jive with me in terms of why I, this is a needed thing right now. And maybe it's coming, but it kind of feels like it's, it's messing with it. Just like as a podcaster, if, if I have it set left, right, you know, my voice panned left, yours panned right, which is a horrible experience. Don't ever do that. But if I did that, but then Apple's like, but on top of that, we're going to actually adjust it <laughs> so that when right. Nick looks to the right, actually you're on the left or whatever. Um, anyways, the lost audio thing is is interesting, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have tried the spatial audio on my on my phone a little bit and I, and I do notice it. And I guess the idea is that it's it's more immersive that like if you were in a room with a big display and you turned your head, the audio would appear to come from somewhere else unless right, you had a like really speakers. fancy surround setup. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I leave it on. I don't really see the value. And, and of course, most of the audio I'm listening to on my phone is uh, podcasts, right? And um, those are not tied to a point in space in the same way. So I don't need them to move around as my, as my head moves around. I think that's where it's coming. Spotify is already doing a lot, some of that stuff. Um, there is some shows that support spatial audio podcasts where to, you could see that where it'd be like a surround sound immersive kind of experience listening to a murder mystery podcast. Anyways, we're going off the rails a little bit here with as it relates yeah. to the Apple TV. We, we, so. should, we should get back to the, uh, the, the, the actual gameplay. Yeah. What was your um, experience so what, with Arcade? Yeah. So I've tried, I've tried a few things on Arcade uh, so far. Um, interestingly enough, my son was not uh, actually super interested in playing games on the TV this weekend. We, we had a busier weekend, but we, we fit some in. 
Um, so we tried, we were trying some multiplayer ones and, uh, you know, that's really where the, you can tell that arcade is not a console experience as much as maybe Apple wants to sell it. Right. So we have our one Xbox controller, but you can only play one player on the TV. Uh, everyone else has to join multiplayer from another device. So we tried, um, Pac-Man party Royale, uh, which was okay. But, uh, as I said with Pac-Man, was it? What was the Pac-Man 99 on right. the Switch the other week? Um, I'm just bad at Pac-Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that wasn't very fun. And and I think it was it was frustrating for my son as well because he he would get uh, eaten pretty quickly. So we dropped that one. Um, we tried Hogwash, which I I remember coming through in the new games from arcade, um, and it looks kind of fun. We did the tutorial. Um, but we couldn't get the multiplayer invite to work. Like you're, there's supposed to be a party code and we had the family iPad and TV running and it just didn't connect. And we don't know why. Um, which again, I feel like that's one where if you could somehow do split screen on the Apple TV, that would be one of those ones where, where you'd want to control it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I briefly tried uh, cross road castle on the TV just to see what it was like. Um, and that's one where you know they support the previous TV remote where you can do the swipe gestures, but they don't support the new one. Um, even though it's a game where all you can do is left, right, and jump, and seems like you you should be able to figure out how to do the buttons on the remote as if it were a controller. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's there's just like kind of a funny multiplayer gap um, that's not quite there. Um, for a single player, I did fire up. Uh, Sayonara, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which I was excited to try on the TV. And, um, you know, again, that's one of those games where amazing soundtrack, a really cool graphical style. Um, I didn't get very far into it. And I think, you know, it's a rhythm game that I'm not going to be that good at, but um, I'm looking forward to playing that one more uh, on the TV. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that next episode. What have what have you tried game wise so far? I think you you still have your arcade subscription, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and I've actually been more intrigued the the with playing some of the Apple Arcade stuff on the computer. I think for the reasons why you're you're actually saying, like, I tried. Um, so we, my daughter and I, tried um, Song Pop Party. So that's the one where you it plays a song, you try and guess quickly, and that works with the new Apple Remote, which we, we should quickly touch on too. But the so it works. You just swipe up, left, right, down to your for your guesses, and then the um, invites sort of system of going to a URL or there's a QR code <laughs> on the screen to, to screenshot or whatever, and have people join the game. So interesting enough. So my wife hadn't installed the game yet. Song pop party from Apple arcade on her phone. When she hit the link that it showed you, it just took you, took you to a browser and just sat there. Even though you tapped the link, you cl- clicked the link on the screen, et cetera. It didn't prompt you to go download the Apple arcade game or anything like that. It just sat there. So I was just trying it, trying it out as an experience of like, Hey, if I sent this to my family, what would they do? And like, it would be a frustrating experience. Cause then you'd be like, okay, now actually go to the Apple arcade search for song. I mean, I could send them the link right to the app, I guess, but right. um, it's disappointing that, that, that QR code link didn't just, if you didn't have the game installed, send you the arcade store, download it, you know, and get it installed. But anyways, once one nice thing I found is that despite all the weird multiplayer, and maybe this is because of some of the weird multiplayer stuff that Apple uh, arcade and the Apple TV does, or doesn't do well, it let me play my user account on the Apple TV. My daughter had my iPhone with my user account playing, and then my wife on her iPhone and her account. 
Um, so my account was on there twice and it still let us play as opposed to sometimes oh, interesting. those things don't let you do. Like it kind of logs you out of one spot if you're in the other or whatever and tracking like which character is which, but it seemed to work okay for us for a song pop party anyways, which isn't a very complicated game, obviously. But um, the interesting thing there was that the music was playing off the TV, but then also off of each phone as well. And so you'd get this kind of disconnect. And I don't know, I had the remote. Um, and so maybe I had a slight advantage because um, despite being the music head in the family, but also, you know, I'm, my controls are going quicker maybe than the phone is or whatever as they tap them through. So, but, but it was, would be a fun experience to play and you can do it remote. Like you, we could invite your family, let's say, and, and play, I think, I forget what the maximum number of players is. Um, right. But it's like a good couch co-op or not co-op, I guess, but couch uh, trivia game kind of thing to, to throw on the Apple TV as a, a quick demo of how it works and stuff. And um, and then I also, my kids were playing um, Mini Metro bits, again, using one app, uh, Xbox remote, um, which I like Mini Metro is that like sort of drawing paths for cars to get from the blue house to the blue factory right support uh, capitalism (laughs) but or whatever i don't know um do you mean mini metro or mini motorways mini motorways i guess maybe is the one i think of yeah yeah i think you can get mini metro is on the now the plus part of apple arcade as well if i remember oh like those are two different games right yeah okay because there was the old mini metro which i know i bought at some point for ios and then there's like the new one that's on apple arcade plus plus motorways yeah Um, but yeah Yeah, they're they're both fun yeah and they look they look really nice like it's nice uh, even on a big screen tv it looks really just like a nice color palette and uh isn't too difficult to play with controller or the old remote anyways it was a little more frustrating um and i know it's new ones like legends of kingdom rush which is your classic tower defense game is coming and then you're saying forensic that's coming from icon factory is something your son is looking forward to um and so yeah those two anyways i could see like just firing up the apple tv to to have a quick little gaming session where it's it is more that casual gaming um but yeah the one issue i have and (laughs) this again file this under very first world problems is if i have my xbox controller synced to my computer then i have to resync it to the apple tv when i go down there or if i sync it to the xbox that i want to use it on to die at fortnite quickly or my phone like there is this like weird i almost wish there was like a little cable you could connect quickly to my phone or my computer like a usb cable or whatever or to the apple tv even i'm just like hey now i'm going to use this here and just quickly do that rather than dive in through settings and whatever to as you move a remote a controller around the various devices which is again a very <laughs> first world thing to complain about but right or or even just if you you know if you open an arcade game and it knows you're using the newest remote. So the only thing it can support is a controller. And you've previously paired a controller. It's going to say like, hey, I'm going to try talking to this controller and just, yeah. or, or maybe even more like the AirPods type experience. I don't know if they could <laughs> they could do that without, you know, the the special chips. Um, you know, yeah. the, I, I imagine it still has to be a pretty manual Bluetooth process. But yeah, yeah. I think you, you can kind of see there's still some rough edges around um, the game experience on the TV, especially if you know, yeah, you're using your controller on, on other devices sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the only other thing we ran into was, and I, I guess this is an issue where the developer has to opt into it, but both Hogwash and Sayonara Wild Hearts said they wouldn't support user switching. So even though I was under my TV profile, the, it was using my wife's game center. Right. 
right? So like, had I previously started those games on another device, I wouldn't have been able to resume on the TV unless I was the primary Game Center profile. Right. Um, and so that's an interesting one because I feel like that was kind of the Apple Arcade promise that mostly holds across all games, which is that at the very least, no matter which of the four platforms you play on, your game state goes everywhere. And and so that is, a, it seems to be not the case unless the developers have done certain things to enable uh, that user switching on on tvOS. Yeah, and it, there is, uh, I don't have a lot of, I'm not optimistic, I guess I'll say, in terms of Apple's ability and desire to do the gaming stuff well. I Like the Apple Arcade mm-hmm. push is great, and I think it's a really interesting space for them to be in and makes the whole Apple one bundle that much more attractive, I think as part of it, even if you think you, even if you don't ever actually play any Apple arcade games, it's just kind of like an enticing little uh, carrot to draw you into the whole bundle. Um, just because even the, not to go too far down this path, but um, the hearing some of the reports of the Apple versus Epic, which owns Fortnite um, lawsuits thing that's going on there. And just some of the yeah, conversations, all the app store stuff. Yeah, that they're having around how what they think of gaming and what gaming means, and it it feels like much like the the photos experience, where it's like, does anyone app at Apple actually have a family that they share photos with? Because it feels like this was designed as if you everyone is just like in with one partner, they never separate from that partner, and they never have kids who also want to access the photos, or their spouse never actually wants to mm-hmm. access the photos. The mm-hmm. arcade experience feels very much like what Apple's vision of what they think people do with gaming on on platforms versus going to what they actually do like buying a switch and just playing that or an xbox is almost like mm-hmm. they developed it in a in a tunnel without any experience of actual gaming platforms to learn from and then also discard various ways that things are done in uh and improving on that experience the way apple does with the computer hardware and the computer software the arcade video game stuff is very much like an afterthought push to the side kind of siloed development it feels like and then market it as if it's done Apple. Yeah, my, my hope is that it's it's still in the early phases. Um, I, I'll be curious to see what um, is announced at WWDC for the future of tvOS 15, presumably this year, um, around some of this multiplayer stuff and and getting all the services integrated and and what might happen there because it seems like that's where some of the gap is, is it's a little bit on Apple's backend and it's a little bit on the integration um, with developers. So in wrapping up, I guess you had mentioned in returning games, uh, you had the quote here. I love Wonderbox. just quickly. <laughs> yeah. So my, 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 my son is still really loving Wonderbox. I think he's just kind of, it's just like a, it's such a toy box. He's just kind of playing around with it. You know, he's not making like, levels like you might do in like a mario maker but he's just having fun um so that's been a game that he's been going back to when he has screen time uh i've still been playing my way through simon's cat slowly it's you know it's just a relaxing puzzle game you play a couple levels every few for a few minutes and then set it aside um they added some new gnome hunt feature where you you can replay certain levels to find the garden gnomes so i think it's one of those examples of an apple arcade game where they're trying to get you to stay in the game right to right. keep coming back even if you've already finished it um and then finally um my friends over on a starting point had uh professor john harney of the history respond podcast uh talking about the oregon trail game for apple arcade um and some of the the historical aspects of that so i thought that was a pretty interesting uh, episode to to check out 
that's one actually I want to try on the Apple TV with the kids and even like maybe see if we can do it collectively, collaboratively, I guess, because um, it's not a multiplayer game, I don't think, but um, just to, yeah, try it out together and uh, make the decision someone one person controlling it obviously but yeah working through it together and, and experience because yeah I, th- I think that'd be a great game to do on the tv because it's you know when you get to the do we ford the river or pay for the ferry you know everyone can kind of argue together in the room and then one person hits the button yeah yeah exactly uh, which will still have fights about who gets to push the button but <laughs> <laughs> who, <laughs> who gets to hit the button right <laughs> but anyways well let's wrap up for now uh we, we want to thank you all for listening to this episode a little longer one as we reviewed uh, the Apple, Apple TV and uh, so we'll continue with that and see what our experiences are like. We didn't even talk about the remote actually and all of that, but uh, I still think it's very easy to get lost in the couch. I lost one, lost it already for a brief period. Um, yes. And, uh, but yeah, we'll cover that, that and more on future episodes. So thank you for listening to 25 cents or video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and almost everywhere else as ultra nerd. That's N U R D. And you can find 25 cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash good stuff. Support the show, join the Discord, and make sure to leave us a review, thumbs up, whatever, wherever you happen to listen to podcasts and tell your friends about it. Thanks. Bye. Bye.